and uh, welcome. My name is Matt Rojanski. I direct the Wilson Center's Kennan Institute. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us today to, to uh, have a conversation with Galina Timchenko uh, discussing Russia's independent media. Our conversation, of course, uh, follows a series highlighting the voices of those facing recent government crackdowns on the opposition and the free press in Russia. You can watch our discussions with Yubov Sobol, Leonid Volkov, and Vladimir Karamorza over the last several weeks via our website. Now, before I introduce Galina, I want to remind you, you can stay up to date with our upcoming events and publications, as well as our podcasts, Ken and X and The Russia File, and our blogs, The Russia File and Focus Ukraine. All of that is on our website. Um, lastly, I invite you to read our series, Rule of Silence, uh, interviews with journalists, human rights lawyers, and other experts on foreign agents legislation and Russia's information politics. Those interviews are available in both English and Russian and have been conducted by the Kennan Institute's senior advisor, Sergei Parfomenko. Uh, throughout today's discussion, including right now, if you want to pose a question for Galina, simply email it to Kennan, K-E-N-N-A-N, at wilsoncenter.org, tweet it at Kennan Institute, or post it on our Facebook page. And please do include your name and affiliation so that I know who's asking the question. Now to introduce Galina Timchenko. She is a Russian journalist and executive editor of Medusa, which is a Riga, Latvia-based online news site. She started Medusa in October of 2014 with a number of former journalists from Lenta Ru, from which she was fired in March of that year in what was believed to be a turn towards more pro-Kremlin leadership. She joined Lenta in 1999, rising from monitoring officer to chief editor uh, in 2004. From 1997 to 1999, she worked as an editor at Commerçant. On April 23rd, the Russian Ministry of Justice added Medusa to its list of foreign agents. And those of us who read Medusa regularly will have seen the appearance of that mandatory box on the website. It hasn't, of course, stopped us from reading the news on Medusa. The designation, though, did limit Medusa's primary source of revenue, which is advertisers. However, thanks to a robust crowdfunding effort, the publication has so far been able to stay afloat. It has had to cut costs, dramatically reducing salaries and eliminating its physical office, and of course anticipates future cuts. Galina, under these particularly challenging circumstances, you're very kind to take time to talk to us today. Uh, very interested to hear your explanation of what is going on with Medusa specifically. What does it mean for independent media more broadly in Russia and in the Russian language? Um, and is this the beginning of, in effect, a new era of information control? So the floor is yours, Galina, and we'll have a discussion afterwards. Uh, uh, hi, and thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening, and thank you for taking part in these uh, crucial <laughs> events uh, for uh, about Russian media. So uh, yeah, we were declared, we were labeled as foreign agent. And uh, as far as we could count uh, uh, this month, we lost uh, more than 2 million euros of uh, possible revenue because our, uh, our revenue plan was uh, 3.4 uh, million uh, euro. But, you know, uh, more or less, uh, we understood that we lost... Uh, more than two or approximately three million euro of possible revenue. So uh, our business model, uh, our revenue model was crushed in a minute. So uh, um, actually 
a month ago, me and um, my co-founder, editor-in-chief of Medusa, Ivan Kolpakov, we decided to close this entity forever and to stop making journalism at all. Because, you know, we were prepared, we thought that we are prepared for this end from the very beginning. We started Medusa and at uh, 2014 uh, during Crimea annexation and during this Ukrainian war. And we thought uh, that it were, uh, th there were tough times, but we were very naive because uh, these six years we could live and uh, we, uh, we could live and develop uh, almost freely in European inside European Union but um, Russian state Duma and Kremlin uh, they imposed uh, too many laws uh, Every of uh, those laws restricts media. Uh, we counted more than 80 laws and under law documents that restricted freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and freedom of uh, spreading information inside Russia. So uh, uh, we faced this law and we saw, you mentioned it, we saw three major consequences. Uh, first of all, dramatically loss of our revenue and crushing of our business models. Second, uh, you know, uh, this uh, plug or this mandatory box with uh, 24 words, this message was created by foreign agent. This is the visual part of iceberg. Uh, the main part and the most dangerous part uh, are personal risks for our journalists because not only Medusa, but uh, every of my staff could be labeled as foreign agent personally. So what, what uh, does it mean? to them. It means that they will stay in this black list forever. You should fill in 84 pages of report to Ministry of Justice every month from your painkiller to uh, the sort of tea you drink. Every spending dollar or ruble you should put in this report. You should report every three months, 84 pages, every three months. And if you could, for example, uh, you are a special correspondent of Medusa and you labeled as a foreign agent, you quit Medusa, you resign and uh, you uh, will go to the court and you will take off this label, but the law uh, does not uh, mm, uh, prepare to take off your name. You will be in blacklist forever because so, uh, the, the court should decide that you are not foreign agent anymore. But inside blacklist, you will be mentioned as ex-foreign agent from this date to this date. So you will be in blacklist forever. So 
personal risks to my uh, uh, special correspondents, reporters, freelancers uh, is very high. And as far as we could um, understand from the court documents, and uh, uh, we, we uh, went to court uh, to dispute this decision, uh, we could see that the uh, uh, Ministry of Justice had prepared to declare me as a foreign agent personally, but at the last moment, they decided not to declare me. So, uh, but uh, the sign of this decision, the, uh, we could see it in, uh, in the documents. So, you know, uh, I could see that this is personal attack or Kremlin attack, not uh, mm, against all uh, free or independent media, but exactly uh, against Metuza, because we are now one of the, or maybe the most popular and uh, um, independent media with the biggest audience. We have more than 12, from 12 to 15, according to the months of unique users. We have more than 100 million uh, hits every month. So we are the most popular and uh, the uh, average uh, of uh, our uh, average um, uh, of our readers are from 24 to 35. This is the, uh, the, mo the youngest and the most um, advertising friendly audience. This is so-called young adults living in the big cities. Uh, so this is, uh, uh, the, our audience is the most dangerous audience for um, Kremlin because they are activists who stand against fake elections, who stand for Alexei Navalny and his anti-corruption uh, foundation. So uh, it seems to me that, uh, according to my sources, uh, the decision about uh, Medusa's labeling as a foreign agent was made on the Security Council of Russia special meeting. You know, for me, is it something insane? Security Council of country with 150 million population decides to label Latvian media as a foreign agent inside Russia. It's some kind of, of uh, craziness. Uh, it's uh, the most stupid uh, thing that costs us more than 2 million euro. So uh, the major consequences are loss of revenue, personal risks for our correspondents and the most the most painful um, uh, result of this decision is that uh, our news sources, our uh, newsmakers, they refuse to talk to us. Uh, sometimes uh, they say on the anonymously uh, anonymity conditions, but most of them decided not, not to speak to us because, because uh, they are frightened, they are scared. For example, this month uh, we lost uh, eight uh, journalists and editors 
for example, our um, special correspondent uh, who uh, worked with so-called Siliriki, FSB, police, and so on, because nobody wanted to talk. They said, okay, guys, you are foreign agent now. We could not talk to you. So uh, speaking uh, in general, there is some kind of ban of uh, our occupation, of our job. We are prohibited journalists because uh, uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Press Secretary Maria Zaharova, uh, during uh, uh, this St. Petersburg econ so-called economic forum, uh, she said that nothing has happened. So, okay, they, they uh, put uh, this mandatory box on their content and that's all. No, unfortunately, we lost not just our revenue, we uh, uh, not put uh, lives and freedom and everyday uh, habits on risk of, of our correspondence, but we, uh, they uh, discriminated us. They cut off our newsmakers. And um, uh, we know uh, for sure that uh, State Duma is preparing special law against the nations. For example, they are going to declare or to label uh, Alexei Navalny Anti-Corruption Foundation as an extremist. And they are developing law against people who donate or even give advice or even uh, literally uh, support, express support in social media they banned them from the participation in any kind of elections. They are going to ban them uh, to take part in elections. So there are huge consequences, but the, our problem that unfortunately, uh, we could not see a solidarity, solidarity campaign. You know, two years ago, uh, Medusa's special correspondent Ivan Golunov was arrested. Uh, some drugs were put and planted uh, inside his backpack and he was falsely accused of drug dealing and drug possession. Uh, we managed to save him. And uh, this week, uh, the verdict against policemen who planted drugs into his backpack was uh, declared they uh, uh, get from five to up to 12 years in prison. And okay, justice is done. But, you know, uh, during Ivan Golunov's arrest, during Ivan Golunov's case, there was huge campaign of solidarity. Now I am talking with editor-in-chief, uh, editors-in-chief of independent media inside Russia. We, uh, Medusa, we are participants of so-called Syndicate 100. It's some kind of us association of independent media inside Russia. We are exchanging content, we are exchanging newsmakers and so on, and we're trying to help each other. And you know, there is some kind of separation and some kind of fear about what is happening to Medusa. Some of our colleagues, colleagues say, okay, guys, you know, 
you are labeled as a foreign agent. Yeah, so you, you should put this obligatory mandatory box. And it seems to me that's all, nothing happened. Because this law um, of, uh, about foreign agent, uh, it was imposed five years ago uh, against some of NGOs. Nothing happened. They are working inside Russia and so on. So they downgraded the, the threat. Some of our colleagues trying to help us, trying to talk to their audience about what ha was happened with Medusa, what is happening with independent media inside Russia. And some of our colleagues are different, but unfortunately we could not see this huge campaign of solidarity. I spoke with uh, some, unfortunately, on the uh, conditions of anonymity um, with uh, some uh, editors-in-chief, and uh, they said that uh, they separate independent media. For example, some of them, business news and business media, uh, Kremlin said, guys, you are okay. We are not going to declare you for an agent. Please sleep well. Some of them said, you are the next, was said, uh, was told, you are the next. Some of them uh, are um, uh, hanging on a hook. They said, okay, we will see how you will uh, uh, behave yourself. And I know for sure that Kremlin is insisted of changing of editors-in-chief of some independent media. And in nearest two or three months, we could see the replacement of editors-in-chief in some independent, so-called independent media. So the main pro problem may be that now we are fighting with Kremlin with the help of some of our colleagues that, but there is no uh, one voice against these uh, repressions and discrimination, unfortunately. What did we do? We realized that we have no advertisers at all, um, but we have our audience, we have our devoted readers. We, all these years, uh, 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 Medusa uh, now is uh, almost six years old. Uh, all these years, we, we were developing uh, our uh, platform broadcasting. For example, we um, developed special condition uh, uh, of broadcasting on different platforms social media, um, email subscription, email letters, uh, messengers, uh, even Instagram and so on. Special uh, policy for each uh, platform, special uh, team for each platform, special KPI and our goals for each platform. And now we're broadcasting uh, on 10 platforms. And we realized that we have our audience. So we started campaign. We said, guys, we have no advertisers at all, but we have you, save Medusa with us. So, and now we could uh, uh, say that uh, 85,000 people gave us money support. So almost 100,000 supported us 
uh, we uh, donate us our money, uh, their money. And, you know, we said absolutely clear, crystal clear, guys, we need some time and some space to regroup, to rethink our business models, our system of broadcasting gave us this chance. We could promise you the one and only thing. If you uh, decide to uh, support us, we will continue to do our job and to try to fight against Kremlin uh, um, attempts to shut us down. So, and now almost 100,000 people support us. And it seems to me it was vital for our team because Medusa is independent media and you know, we are one of the most criticized media uh, um, broadcasting in Russian, uh, uh, in Russia. Uh, uh, we uh, uh, were in the middle of uh, very hard discussions about ethical standards, about professional standards, about topics, about agenda, about time and uh, uh, publication of publications and so on but uh, and our team uh, used to be um, such scapegoat something like this but now we uh, receive this huge way of love you know our readers they wrote every day uh, uh, that we start the day with you and we finish the day with you. Please uh, broadcast, please write and leave and we will do uh, everything uh, to, uh, uh, to uh, continue uh, Medusa's journey. So uh, it seems to me that it's one of the uh, most successful uh, campaign uh, donation campaign in Russian media history. But uh, what uh, could I say? We could start campaign, but we could not do the same thing every day. We could not say, guys, we are dying every day. We should show some sign of hope to our readers as well. We should... Uh, we must show them this, um, maybe not just hope, but readiness to fight, readiness to survive, this survival spirit, you know, because we are um, inside Russia and outside Russia, we are living and uh, uh, working from nine countries. So we have our special correspondence inside Belarus, for example, and now we evacuated two of them from Belarus. And now we evacuated two uh, special correspondents from Russia because they received direct threats from police. And one of our um, investigative journalists uh, uh, received direct threats from Evgeny Prigozhin. You know, this is so-called Putin's cook and uh, the owner of troll fabrics all across Russia. So we received uh, the direct threats because we uh, um, published an article about his finances and about his um, new initiative. And we called him for the comment 
and he says literally uh, um, the following, you know, in Soviet Union, there were enemies of state and Soviet Union shoot them to death. You, Medusa, are the same. You deserve this same destiny. So we received direct threat, unfortunately. But what uh, we uh, received uh, this wave of love, wave of trust, and we restore uh, the um, average of audience. Because, you know, this COVID year showed us that um, uh, Russian audience started to um, show some kind of tiredness of bad news. We uh, compared numbers and saw that almost every independent media feel the decline of audience. People are too tired of bad news. Uh, people started not to mention this uh, uh, bad news and decided to not to read them. But after this uh, situation with labeling us, we saw uh, the um, growth in our audience and we saw the growth of downloading app. Uh, um, I'm almost out of time, but what can I say in conclusion? You know, uh, unfortunately, Kremlin and Russian authorities uh, have too many tools to kill us. They could declare us undesirable organization and every connection to us will be, uh, will be prosecuted as a crime. Uh, they could uh, block us inside Russia. They could do whatever they want. Even in this foreign agent law, uh, Ministry of Justice have no obligation to explain why they put us into this list. So uh, they have too many tools. And uh, unfortunately, it's some kind of desperate journey. But uh, with the help of our readers, uh, we now hope, uh, full of hope, that we could survive, maybe broadcasting from different platforms, maybe, maybe after dissolving Big Medusa to um, many um, small entities. And we started this process. We started to separate YouTube shows, podcasts from Medusa uh, to avoid this uh, uh, foreign agent label. So we are living with the hope but you know, this hope is tiny. Uh, actually, uh, we um, speaking about what is happening in Russia. Russia is closing and the door is closing and the wall is almost ready. It's, I could compare it with Berlin wall. The, the wall is almost ready. And unfortunately, my vision of future is too pessimistic maybe. Uh, but uh, um, we could see that uh, every every it is fun fun fact. A year ago, I uh, I, I listened to the lecture of um, one guy in a media conference who said 
you are living in 20th century, uh, not in 21st century, if you uh, do not try to get money from your readers. And now we are in this situation that we have to ask money from our readers. Uh, we succeed in a short uh, perspective uh, and our future is too foggy. It seems to me that's all. You can ask me the questions. I, it's um, half an hour. It seems to me it's okay. Yeah, thank you very much, Galina. Um, let me again remind our, our viewers that uh, if you have a question, you email uh, Kenan, K-E-N-N-A-N, wilsoncenter.org. You can tweet us or you can post on Facebook. Um, let, me, let me start. You mentioned the, the term from Soviet times, enemy of the state, um, which I think it would be fair to say that in the Soviet period, at least for a certain considerable portion of the Soviet population, that label was a badge of honor. Uh, certainly by the end of the Soviet system, it was you know, a sign that a person was an honest person. And I wonder if the foreign agent label is heading in that direction in today's Russia. Um, and, and I guess related to that, uh, I'm recalling in the Soviet system, there were alternate channels of, of um, communication. They were imperfect, but you think about that as an example. Um, is, is this phenomenon creating a market for something other than what you might call the new traditional news website? So something like a telegram-based information service like Nechta in Belarus or something. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, speaking about Soviet, uh, uh, Soviet Union and labeling us as an enemy of state, you know, when uh, Ministry of Justice put us... Uh, uh, um, um, in this uh, blacklist, we received uh, um, hundreds of letters uh, with the comments, guys, this is mark of quality. Congratulations. Uh, um, uh, but you know, uh, the trick is, uh, tricky situation is that uh, now Duma is preparing uh, this new law against donations and improvement. And this new law could divide, could separate our audience. Now, uh, uh, Medusa has big audience and we have uh, this almost unanimous opinion that this is quality mark. This is absolutely okay. We will uh, um, continue to read you. Uh, uh, um, our readers uh, wrote, uh, wrote us. But you know, some of them said, guys, I, uh, this um, mandatory box is too disturbing. I just do not want to see this. Uh, I live in America. I live in France. I just do not want to see. Why should I see this? And we, are try, we try to explain, to explain, and explain one more time, what does it mean for real? So now it seems to me that this mandatory box uh, uh, plays the role of banner. You know, it's some kind of banner blindness. blindness. So uh, after uh, three or four weeks, you just do not notice. But Actually, common opinion uh, for now uh, is the following. Guys, uh, we just do not care 
foreign agent or not, we will continue to read you until you will be blocked or something. We are devoted readers. So uh, comparing to the Soviet Union, I could say, say that uh, these, uh, our uh, readers inside Russia, they are not too scared to read us. And they are not scared to donate. But, you know, speaking about special readers, for example, celebrities or opinion makers, we know for sure from the first hands that too many of them uh, transfer money to Medusa as um, donation anonymously or through their um, uh, uh, friends or ex-wives or some uh, kind of uh, their um, stuff. So they, uh, and we know for sure that some of them are paying price for supporting Medusa. For example, we knew two actors who were banned and excluded from TV series and from uh, TV programs after supporting Medusa. Uh, speaking about new uh, uh, way of broadcasting, sure, uh, we are prepared and we have, for example, our Telegram channel is one uh, on the top five of media Telegram channels inside Russia. Uh, we have more than uh, 500,000 readers only in one Telegram channel, Medusa Life. Uh, but, you know, comparing, uh, actually comparing with our um, um, desktop and mobile version audience, it's not, uh, it's maybe 15% of our audience, 10%. So we, are, we will try and uh, to, to keep them uh, on any price and we will try to broadcast, for example, Telegram, uh, uh, Russian authorities could not block Telegram inside Russia. Uh, so we, we hope that uh, maybe some kind of Google services or some kind will help us to avoid blocking or uh, broadcasting from Telegram. And yes, this is new way of um, broadcasting. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, uh, Russian authorities, they became good students. They were bad students, but last five years showed us that five years ago, they could not block our app. And now they are uh, slowing down Twitter. So we are developing, but they are developing as well against us. I, mean, uh, I, I think this question from Professor Elizabeth Wood, um, uh, former Kennan Institute scholar who's at MIT. Uh, I think it's related directly to what you just described. She asks, can you tell us more what you mean about dissolving big Medusa? Um, how will it operate differently? Uh, how will it operate different? How will it operate on different platforms? Excuse me. Uh, you know, uh, um, five years ago, we uh, developed uh, special principles how to broadcast on different platforms. And we call it uh, LGBT flag because uh, we asked 
seven questions and label que every question with every color. For example, you see platform. Is it friendly platform to the media? Okay, yes, if you say okay, you label it with, uh, for example, red color. Um, are uh, there many uh, uh, people inside this platform? Yes, red color. Uh, uh, is this audience our audience, young adults? Yes, orange color. And you, if you could make LGBT flag saying yes to all these questions, this platform is yours. You should broadcast on it. Uh, so uh, we decided and we started to broadcast uh, and uh, our priorities is not just Facebook and Vkontakte, the main Russian social, uh, the main social media po popular inside Russia, but we started to broadcast inside Instagram. Mm, uh, you know, in Russia, there was an idea that Instagram is closed social media. So some kind of ecosystem, closed ecosystem, because there are mm, mm, a, a very few possibilities to convert uh, the audience of Instagram to your audience. But we managed to do this because our main goal was uh, to um, call to action, to push our audience to interact, to interact with uh, Medusa, with our application and with our Instagram. Uh, we made polls, we made quizzes, we made games, news gaming and so on. Uh, to make people not to not be scared to interact with us. And we developed special policy for every platform. For example, Telegram uh, uh, is um, uh, allowing us to uh, um, publish the hot news, breaking news, and it's very uh, fast, more fast than Twitter, for example. So we decided that Medusa Life will be uh, the news channel to spread only news. Speaking about Instagram, we decided that this COVID year, during safe isolation, during these quarantine measures, we try we will try to uh, um, support our readers. So our Instagram is the cutest. Uh, account in Russian media. We it just all about smiling, all about hugs, all about support, warm-hearted humor and so on. So we are emotionally hugged our readers in Instagram uh, using um, these uh, pictures or these uh, polls or some kind of um, quizzes or something like this. Uh, for example, our Facebook uh, is almost all our account on Facebook is devoted to the uh, long reads and long features and about our investigative reports because Russian Facebook it is, is a special um, special place where the most hot discussions um, um, are uh, is organized. 
So uh, we, we were trying to uh, develop strategy for every platform and uh, we have special KPI for every platform for every quarter of the year. Uh, we do not uh, count uh, the absolute numbers, but we counting the growth. So, uh, and we um, um, approved uh, strategy and we uh, rethinking strategy every quarter or half of the of year, if, if needed. Um, let me, we have a, a number of audience questions that um, I want to as well, about 15 minutes remaining. Let me um, ask you though, uh, I understand very well, you're responsible for paying your team. So financial support is important, but you're also responsible for people's safety. Um, and especially I would say the safety of people who are, who are in Russia, who are yeah. subject to the jurisdiction of Russian law enforcement, which is putting people mm -hmm and even torturing people. So um, if we think kind of conservatively about the future, um, what is possible without having Medusa correspondence physically subject to Russian jurisdiction? If you don't feel safe with people uh, in that situation. You know, uh, 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 um, actually when uh, Minister of Justice labeled us, we, uh, uh, we have got three editorial, big editorial meetings. And it was the first time in Medusa's history when I said, guys, put all the news aside, all the publication plans aside. We have vital questions about your security and about your future and about your everyday life and life and safety of your families, your kids and so on. So. From this 23rd of May, every decision we make, uh, uh, um, we made, we made it uh, unanimously voted for every uh, person inside Medusa. Uh, we founders said, guys, we are ready to take responsibility, but we want you to decide by yourself how, uh, all about your future. We, uh, we will support you in any decision. If you deci decide to uh, quit Medusa, we will support you and make whatever we could to pay to uh, give you a safe, a safe path uh, and so on. If you decide to stay inside, we uh, um, asked uh, lawyers from so-called um, it open Russia uh, lawyers uh, uh, team uh, to help us with uh, this um, uh, situation. So we have our lawyers. Then we hired lawyers to help us to fill in all these reports. And we say, uh, said to our people, if you stay with us, we will hire and we will pay for these lawyers to fill in all these reports. And then we um, uh, had meetings with Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Latvia and Ministry of Foreign Affairs of some European countries. And uh, we asked uh, to uh, develop measures to uh, um, urgent evacuation and visas for some of our staff and to a uh, special uh, safe path 
to those of them who decide to work inside Russia, but they should have visas and they should have safe path to European Union. So uh, mm, uh, the officials from Latvian European Union promised us to give us this safe path. And as I said, we evacuated two of our special correspondents, uh, correspondents, uh, one from Belarus, one from Moscow. So uh, we tried this and uh, uh, it was, we managed to, to uh, succeed. They are now in Latvia and they are uh, safe. Uh, what else? Uh, um, uh, lawyers, safe path, visas, uh, urgent evacuation, and uh, security measures uh, if, uh, and digital security as well. Um, let me ask a question from Jill Doherty, who is also a, a global fellow uh, at the Wilson Center and you know one of your colleagues, longtime reporter in Moscow. Um, she says, she asks, who is your primary audience now? Uh, whom do you want to reach? And you mentioned attracting more readers, but with Russian readers, is that sustainable? Uh, uh, you know, uh, we know our readers very well. Uh, um, uh, maybe two years ago, the core of our readers were uh, 18 plus young people from 18 to 25. And three years ago, we put the goal to be the main media for young adults. And uh, we succeed now 53% of our readers are under 35, but older than 24. So, and 70% of our readers are younger than 40. They live in the big cities and uh, top five cities for sure, Moscow, uh, St. Petersburg, Kazan, Novosibirsk, and, um, and London. <laughs> Too many Russians in London uh, and London. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, uh, you know, uh, we, uh, our, our staff, they are in these age boxes as well. They are from 25 to 40. So we are uh, broadcasting for, for our friends, for sure, for people who share with us our values. So uh, it's, it's, it's easy to communicate with them. They understood us very deeply because for example, we uh, last year before labeling us for an agent, we started a new application. Uh, we wrote uh, this application on the new language. Um, uh, it, it's equal for App Store and for Google Play. It was very tough. And we decided to uh, start building community. And we asked our readers, do you want to be testers for our new app? And we received almost 5,000 yes letters. We want to be your testers. So now for sure, they, uh, uh, it's, we have community of almost 300 testers, but they are devoted professional testers who are working with us more than half a year. And uh, every product now we are developing and uh, publishing, we uh, 
at first we tested uh, with our community and then make it public. Okay, uh, we have just 10 minutes and I think two more questions will, will fit perfectly. So um, one is from Mike Billington. Uh, he says, did uh, the Russian, I assume the Russian government say anything about Medusa's funding uh, from the US, the UK or others uh, from government linked NGOs like uh, NED, the National Endowment for Democracy? No, uh, uh, you know, uh, RT, two years ago, RT found uh, tender of Latvian uh, uh, Investment and Development Agency. We won this competition and we made a podcast called Lobby. It's well uh, in Latvian about Latvia. It was tender uh, or uh, competition uh, to making podcast promoting traveling to Latvia. And we won and we received this Latvian government uh, money to, uh, for producing this podcast. So uh, um, we made our KPI, KPI, we received money for this, we uh, produced this podcast, and this podcast uh, was one of reasons we were declared, because a uh, guy who feel, uh, uh, the, feel the complaint, he described that you published this podcast uh, sponsored by Latvian investment agency to promote Latvia. So you are a foreign agent. Okay. Okay. And then the final question, uh, let me just ask you to, to look a little bit towards the future here. Um, obviously, no one can predict, uh, no one probably should predict uh, any reduction in the pressure and um, uh, the closing of the information space in Russia. But is it possible that this is linked to a specific problem for the Kremlin, like the Duma election in the fall after Putin's constitutional change? This is viewed as a very important election. Uh, do you think there's some possibility that after that space will open again or things will change? You know, uh, you know um, unfortunately, uh, I am very pessimistic about this. It's very popular idea that after September election, they just open up jaws and they will be uh, more kind or more transparent or more calm. But unfortunately, this train is one way train. There is no possibility when you start repressions and uh, I want uh, to mention that repressions are underway. They are already started. Mass repressions. There is no way back. You know, there is one way train. And I do not believe, you know, actually I uh, think from time to time, they could fake this election brilliantly they learned how to fake elections. Why are they so nervous? And I understand that uh, local protests in Far East Russia, in Russian North, 
so-called garbage uh, riots, you know, uh, when Moscow and big cities trying uh, uh, tried to uh, put their garbage in the Russian north. Uh, so uh, Yekaterinburg uh, and uh, Urals, uh, Ural cities, uh, these local protests, it seems to me it was trigger. And the next trigger was Belarusian events and uh, these summer and autumn protests. And uh, Lukashenko, uh, uh, he um, drowned his country in blood. You know, he, 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 uh, he smashed the, uh, those uh, peaceful, beautiful protests in the most brutal way. And for now, unfortunately, it seems to me that this is the most possible scenario that this insane dictator, uh, Alexander Lukashenko, are role model for Kremlin. And they decided that he is very effective and they decided to go on, uh, to stay on his way. And I repeat, but this is just one way. Uh, there is no way back. But I think it's very yeah, Russians. <laughs> yeah, just just like um, right, just like literature. But uh, no, I think Galena, it's it's a very accurate warning. Uh, we are all so grateful for the work that you continue to do. I I for one read Medusa. I think daily. Thank you. Thank you. Please read us. You'll see my email address is on yeah. the of your many subscribers, and uh, I want to thank you again for joining us. I want to thank uh, our audience and uh, thank all of you for the questions. Uh, and uh, encourage you again to, to come to our website where you'll find a recording of this event, uh, as well as our, our recent series uh, looking at the state of Russian media rule of silence. So please come and join us in the future. Bye-bye.